Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Liam Gordis. And today we'll be discussing the latest show in our rewatch category, season four of Please Like Me. But to do this, <gasps> we have a very special guest, Liam. Who? We have our Josh Thomas. Oh, no. Oh, man, if only. Uh, we ha- I don't know if you'd be interested in what we're talking about, actually. I'm sure you feel welcome now. Um, we have our very good friend, who's never been on the podcast before. Damask, Larry. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's Damask. Damask's back, guys. Yeah. Hey. So, just n- now that the people wanted Josh Thomas, and now it's just me, and I'm really sorry. How was Japan? Could you? Oh, it was so good. It was really, really good. Did you get to watch any Japanese television while you were over there? I did. I think I sat for about 20 minutes trying to comprehend just some sort of basic logic i couldn't and then i never turned it on again what what did you see do you remember the imagery because i remember some really crazy shit yeah it was like it was some sort of tv sorry tv it was some sort of panel show um in which like i'm assuming celebrities sit around and they watch this larger man go out um and he meets up with other people and then he like just eats more food than the people he's dining <laughs> with. And then the famous people on the panel seem to make jokes about that did situation. They, did they have like a little screen in the corner with their faces and reactions Oh, yes, on it? and constantly laughing at things that I guess were happening. I couldn't see what was happening. Or but. you couldn't understand what was happening because you yeah. know what we were saying. So I've yeah. seen that before. They'll be like watching like a trailer for Pokemon or something like that, Pokemon movie, and they're just a the little square in the bottom corner. It just cuts to their faces as they react to the... Stuff on it. But they weren't even like watching something cool like Pokemon or something I could understand. It was just like this larger man going and meeting different people and having a meal and just eating way more than them. And that was it. So, Damask, Mm -hmm. it's nice to have you back. Thank Thank you for rejoining us. You'll be... Sorry, Liam, you're booted after this episode. What? Yeah, I I was told I would be here forever. But I'm very (laughs) excited to have... Damask back because I'm interested to get your opinion because I think you're as quite a big a fan as Liam as I am of this show. No, not at all. Um, because when I first watched this, it was when I, you and I lived together and you pretty much made me watch her because you're like, this show is amazing. You'll love it. Um, if you like girls, you like this. And I did. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funnier thing saying to, to Max. If you like girls, to Max. <laughs> oh, I like okay. girls. Yeah, all right. It's like the L word, is it? Um, so, and I like the first three seasons of Girls. I haven't actually watched any more than that. Um, and I sat down and watched it. And I was just dismayed because I did not like it at cool. all. All right, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. 
Uh, spoiler warning, as always, on this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in all four seasons of Please Like Me. If you've not yet watched Please Like Me, pause the podcast, go and watch it, and then come back and join us. Otherwise, proceed with caution. Spoilers ahead. And this season has massive spoilers, by the way. I'm not joking. If there are big events you do not want to know about, or you haven't seen season four yet, we will be discussing big major developments. Um, don't keep listening. But otherwise, you've been warned. Quick breakdown. Season four is the final season of Please Like Me. When last we saw them, everyone was being a bit of a dick at Christmas lunch and tension was building between Josh and his boyfriend Arnold. Will this story conclude with happily ever after or will everyone just stay miserable as always? Season three introduces not really anybody of huge consequence. Season three consists of six episodes, each coming in at around 25 minutes and took us approximately two hours and 35 minutes to watch. All right. We're not going to, as always, we're just going to sort of talk about the story points in a moment. But let's just start with our general thoughts on season four, starting with you, Liam. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Strong words. I, uh, <laughs> I, um, you can, uh, can attest to this, Brad. After, when I was watching the show, mm-hmm. watching the season, I texted you after the third episode and went, this does not feel like Please Like Me. Mm-hmm. Right, and then I watched the next two episodes, cried my eyes out, <laughs> and finished the show. And I had a different opinion. But at first, it didn't grab me like the other seasons had. Sure, it felt disjointed from the show that I'd watched and loved. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a strong ending, I believe. But the first half of the season, I was just like, nah. Did you feel that way the first time you watched this? I don't remember. I think I don't think so because I didn't watch the show all the show beforehand and then like, I didn't watch it in a short in a short time beforehand. Sure, yeah. And then come You weren't you weren't trying to binge it in sort of the way that we've exactly. been binging it recently. Yeah. Exactly. So I wasn't I didn't have it to compare to as as much because mm-hmm. there's a big there was a, like a year between all this stuff happening, yeah? Yep. Um yeah. I mean we talk about having like nitpicking and how mm-hmm. much you nitpick. I have you met me? Yeah, well, in the last couple of podcasts, you may you wouldn't know this, Damascus, but Brod was pissed off because the light outside was wrong when it was supposed oh, to be near Christmas. I wasn't pissed off. Was I just dark. thought it was a bad detail. May came to drop off. And that's the reason Grace it's his least favorite episode. <laughs> before dinner, and it was at Christmas time, and it was dark outside. I was like, not in Melbourne. That's not right. Uh, anyway, we yeah. talk about having being nitpicking. And things to focus on. I hope you spent about 15 minutes talking about that. Kind of. We did. Um, mainly me just being very upset with Broderick. But um, the first three episodes, they did something different. Yeah. At the... the It's all it is, is the end credits. The credits that just have a shot underneath. A shot underneath it now. Mm. And that just... And the music's different at the end. Yeah. And that just felt... That gave me a weird feeling. Sure. Right? That's only the first three episodes that, does, that do that. And then the, the third... The fourth, fifth, and sixth... Don't do that. Sort so of it's end like, the normal way. Yeah, with the it's black, like they... Black screen or whatever. What, what was those first three episodes? Like, it's experimenting. But it's weird to experiment in your fourth season. And the fourth and final season, yeah. which... Yeah. Though it's interesting... I think it's interesting to talk about that the, we didn't necessarily know it was the final season. There was no announcement mm. beforehand it was the final season. Um, I'd been hinted at, actually been told rumors, from yeah. an insider, um, someone that know or had spoken to Josh that it was going to be the final season. Yeah. Um, but it was never announced officially until weeks or until months after. Until went out. Yeah, until way after the last episode aired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's something I do want to talk about in a second. Okay, so the first half was weird for you. Second, second half, half was strong. Was strong? Um, yeah, so from from Deg Station, Burrito Ball, and Suvlaki, those three episodes felt strong and 
to me, felt a lot more like Please Like Me than the first three episodes of the season. Sure. I 100% agree with you. It was It's interesting watching the first three episodes of this season, and I feel like they're trying to rush some stuff along. Absolutely. They're trying to get to a certain point, and the first episode um, sort of is a lot of setup. It feels like. Yeah. It's just like next getting is. stuff ready up, set up. Then the second episode has a real distinct purpose. Then the third episode is a bunch of stuff happening really quickly, like timeline-wise, just getting through a bunch of things with what's happening. Just We go through like so many dates yeah. of Josh's and a bunch of things happening. And then, yes, I agree with you, four, five, and six, though, are really, really strong. Really strong. It, it definitely felt like, all right, we, have, we, know what we, want, we know where we want this show to end. Mm. How are we going to get Josh to that point? How are we going to get Ella and Tom to that point? Mm, how, are we, how are we going to get Rose to that point? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and how are we going to get Hannah to that point as well? Yeah. Because she had, a, again, a different... All right. We'll come back to that in a second. Damask, let's talk about... Let's start with your feelings on Please Like Me in general. Go into more detail about how you feel about the show, both positive and negative. So, I, I mean, I think it's incredibly refreshing to see something like this on Australian television. So in that way, I really respect it and love it for doing that, um, for showing us, you know, good quality TV um, and a different kind of comedy, which we don't really get a whole lot of opportunity to see, As in Australian television? Australia, I'm talking... It's that, that favourite word of ours we could come back to, Lance. <laughs> we shouldn't call it Australian television because it's just good television. We, we, we should... Let you know that we've talked to, like talked about that specifically. I would, you, I would hope Damask so. Damascus has not heard the episodes that Liam no, and I recorded. I, I just want to put that out there. I was too busy out having fun. Um, Ouch. <laughs> Take that, please, like me. Yeah, we were too busy in here being sad. <laughs> well, I mean, I was. I was stuck here with Brud. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, Ouch run. to me. Yeah, like, why is it as soon as there's someone else in the room, suddenly... I, I Everyone starts shitting on Brud. It just yeah. happens. This happened last time during Look Breaking Bad. Look at that Bad. face. You just want to punch it. Um, no, so... Even, <laughs> even through a podcast, you just feel like you want to punch that face. <laughs> Can we move along, please? <laughs> um, yeah, so in that way, I, th- I think it's fantastic. And I think Josh Thomas is incredibly talented. But when I had watched... I watched um, up till about halfway through season three because mm-hmm. you had asked me to watch it and I marathoned through. It doesn't speak to me in any way i feel nothing when i watch it um there are there are like a few highlights in i'm talking about the previous seasons um the stuff i think the stuff with josh's mum is great i think that actress is fantastic what's what's her name deborah Deborah lawrence Lawrence. deborah lawrence she's she's incredible she's so 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 good and the stuff with um denise drysdale Back in the day, and obviously like Hannah Gadsby, like that dynamic. Oh, like I wanted to watch so, that show. So season two, any of the stuff that was happening in the sort of um, mental health center, or whatever, was great. Okay. Loved Loved it. It. Um, uh, but I was, I think it was when um, Caitlin Stacy leaves. Which is, that's not, that's like season two. She's absent for mm. half the episodes. Season three, she's absent for half the episodes. Season four, she gets a couple of phone calls and mm. a two minute scene at the end of the season. Yeah. Which is clearly tacked on, can I might add? Yeah, we'll talk oh, about that yeah, later obviously. as well. Yeah. Um, so, because I really struggled with any kind of emotional 
connection or really any emotional understanding of Josh or Tom. Is that his name, Tom? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't like him. Um, <laughs> because, because of that, um, you really need Claire's character to cut through their bullshit yeah. and really be the commentator of like, you're, you're, full of sh- yeah, you're full of shit. I, I agree with that. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Claire always makes the show better. The more that Claire uh, is there, the better the show is. That dynamic, I think, works. Those and, three yeah. actually work quite well together when Claire is there. Yes. When she's not there, I can't stand it. I really, really can't stand it. I find their humour of the, you know, Josh and Tom's sense of humour really quite mean-spirited and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't like it. It makes... As someone who's like overly sensitive and had a brother with a very cruel sense of humor, it makes me really nervous and I want to turn it off. Fair enough. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been hunting season. <laughs> but, you, you know, with with this season, I I think I liked it more than the other seasons. Ooh. Whoa. Tell us why season four you liked more than other seasons. Because it was nothing like the other seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. I, I, Tom was softened for me, mm-hmm. which I really needed. Uh, I need him just to stop being a dick. Mm. Um, and his girlfriend helps with that. I mean, sometimes her the writing for that character, the for girl, Ella. it's just, it's not great. It's extremely twee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, so Tom is softened. And because of the things that happen to Josh, mm-hmm. I can see an internal life, which I have never seen before. And if you have someone who is so emotionally distant or there's a, a huge wall there, I, in, if it's not in the script, if it's not in the dialogue, I need to see on an actor's face the internal life, what's, what's going on. Just a little bit of insight into... Who they are? Um, You're saying and, specifically Tom? Oh, or Josh, this is Josh. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, so previous seasons I haven't seen anything. So no connection, no understanding. Um, this season, because of the events that occurred, I was able to see an internal life and a little bit. Was it because there was stuff you were saying? If it's not said, you have to see it. Mm. Was it a case of seeing it, or they just it was talked about more? Therefore, you heard it more. Like, do you think um, Josh in this maybe season as an they, actor got better? No, I think um, no, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I, no, I don't. I think um, thing what happened in the season was so big mm. that the character of Josh it was it was physically present. You could see the upset, the trauma, and also, and then he started talking not really, but maybe a little bit talking about his emotions. But even then, it was with even such quite a, explicitly with a psychologist. Yeah, but even then, it's all through like that kind of. I don't give a shit. Humor. humor, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was more like, yeah, the you could see it physically in him that things there was a disturbance in who he was where you'd never really see that previously. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, that's good. That's good. Let's go into some um, distinct discussion points for a second. Let's talk about the storylines that like we've been doing. I would suggest that this season is much is very focused. It's important to note that this season is six episodes again, much like season one. Mm-hmm. The previous two seasons have been ten episodes. Um, we criticised the last two seasons that they were two episodes too long and that maybe six episodes would be better. I'm going to have to argue here a little bit that 
maybe six episodes, considering what they try to do in the first three episodes, is too few. Maybe eight episodes is a Either they yeah, need I think to they re- needed more. I think they need a couple more episodes to flesh out the start of this season. Again, I, I agree that I think the second half is great. The first half just feels cramped. Mm-hmm. Um, either that, or they just needed to ditch those first three episodes completely and get straight to the last three and just like... But that still, that's not going to quite work. Either way, it was not the right amount of episodes again. Whatever they were doing, they never, they never made that work. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there are two almost. episodes in the middle of that season that are missing. Yeah, and, totally And agree. even when I was watching um, towards like the middle of this season, because like the copies that I were watching, it would have like previously on and, and then it would start. I was like, I, I really truly feel like I've missed something. Yeah. Like there's connective tissue that's missing here. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so let's just start with the obvious storylines here being, well, let's just start with Josh. Josh as a storyline this season. Because um, unlike last season, which really focuses on a lot of the ensemble, they come back to Josh in a big way this season. It's really his season. The main storyline at the start of the season being his and Arnold's relationship falling apart. They break up in episode two. Him dealing with being single and trying basically to uh, yeah, be uh, single. And in the dating scene in episode three, what do we make of that storyline for Josh? I think we're all agreeing here. It all happened very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. It yeah. felt like we were built. We built up to a point in the last season for them to just go. You know what? Actually, no. How do you mean? Like the the last season was all about the relationship getting Josh and Arnold to a good spot. Yeah, to a good spot. Well, a spot, no, a spot end, in their relationship. I think the end of <clears throat> the oh, sure, last it was definitely season, the cracks. I think showing. it's done to see it's done. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that in the last episode. But then I think what you're saying when we feel like we miss seasons, we've skipped ahead. I'm ge- I'm trying to figure out how much we skipped ahead. I think it's about six months. It is about six months, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Because he says we've been having this conversation for six months. Yes, I think that's about right. Yeah. So it's about six months time. I always use Grace as like the way of leveling. She's about six months older, I would say. Maybe not Grace is always young. Yeah. She's, she's, she's talking a little bit in this young. one. She, they, they mentioned that she was talking. Sure. She doesn't look like she's, she's talking. She's walking and stuff. She's, she's, she's a little bit more active. She's more of a person now. Yeah. yeah. She's, got a, she's got a distinguishable face. She's got a face. face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. She's got hair. Yeah, she's got hair. That's right. Um, but yeah, so six months have passed and it's we jump back in when they're fighting and nitpicking and like... They're being sort of a, you know antagonistic to each other. Yeah. We've missed that bit in between. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously the strains picked up. So you, we, we all feel like we're missing something there a little bit, though. Absolutely. We wish we'd seen a bit more of that. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and even like the the post breakup, um, just because he immediately just like you know starts dating and stuff again. It's just kind of like what's what's what is this actually? What's happening? Like, what were the ramifications for anything? What are the consequences for anything that's happening this season? Yeah, it isn't until those, yeah, three episodes towards the end where it's like, oh, it, okay. There is that, yeah. There and there is an obvious moment in see in the second last episode, a huge moment, plot point. Let's just say it out loud now. Rose commits suicide and successfully this time. Mm-hmm. And it's like the show, everything stops. Yeah. Whatever momentum they're leaning towards, I think actually something that's really good about that episode is it feels like it's going to be a completely different type of episode. Yeah. Jeffrey is back in the show. It's like, oh, Jeffrey's back. This is the second last episode. Is this the end game for the Josh storyline? Is him and Jeffrey again? And then Tom and Ella are doing their stuff and Ella's like worried about, does she have breast cancer? And it's a little bit silly, but it's like, you know, what's going on in this? That's what it focuses. And all of a sudden, bam, it's something else completely. 
And I kind of feel like that's the point of the flippancy of everything that's going Absolutely, on. Absolutely. It's yeah. made everything that's going on through the first five episodes, not including the episode before Digger Station, which we'll come back to, but all those other bits with Josh sort of leading to the point where we can just sort of so none of that is important really. That is all small potatoes compared to this event. Mm-hmm. This is the point of the show, sort of. Um, but yeah, it's it does feel clunky getting there, though. Mm. It, yeah. I'm just trying to think of a way that you can show, um, I guess, the flippancy or... I just think yeah, you can do in it. In life... Um, before it is revealed that that is what you're leading to. you Well, I think what happens in episode five is it starts to feel like there's a bit of an uptick again. So he's together with Jeffrey and it seems good. And Tom and Ella, as much as they're the cancer scare, quote-unquote, is there, it's still silly and they're, being, they're, about, they're about arguing the about the stuff. handsome doctor sort of thing. It's yeah. like a silly argument. Um, and I think you could keep that episode exactly as it is, but we just need two more episodes beforehand to fill in the Arnold to him stuff and then him being... Without Arnold. We just need an episode of him being single before he starts dating almost. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden he's dating again and Arnold gets mentioned like twice. He tries to... Arnold... They have, I think they have a conversation on the Kapuk bench and then he tries to ring Arnold once. Yeah. Or Arnold tries to ring him once as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like they just move on past it. Yeah. It's it kind like, of sucks that Arnold gets pushed to the side so quickly because he was with a episode, fairly big episode, fairly big character for a whole season and a half. Yeah, with episode two, it's like the ending of the episode felt like it was them... Saying, all right, and everyone's happy. I, yeah, I really didn't like that at all. Like with them singing. That Ed oh, end of episode two. And then episode two is just like in the, in the car. Like, yeah, no, that's actually, shit. Judge Thomas, when you like break someone's heart, you don't just get to like sing a song and like we can all laugh about it. I yeah. can imagine. You've a, actually just devastated someone. I can imagine a version of that where Josh is just not smiling like a fucking maniac. Like he looks deranged. He looks like mm. he's missing. The emotional impact of what's going on completely. Yeah. Um, and it kind of it's a really weird episode. I'm gonna just spoil it now. It's my least favorite episode of the season. Um, I'm gonna say I agree. <laughs> the completely. I liked it for the Arnold stuff, but that ending that, really bothered me. That Arnold stuff isn't bad, but there's a lot of things in there that I think are, we'll come back to that when we get to our least favorite and favorite episodes. Okay, getting, getting back on track with the Josh storyline though. The thing that we really need to talk about though is as much as it's about his relationship with Arnold breaking down, the biggest, most important thing, I think the thesis of the entire show, is that Josh is forced to grow up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what the last three episodes are really great at. We get the episode with him and his mum and his dad at dinner, which is just a great way to sort of summarise their relationship and where they are and see him growing up a little bit and he's got money now and just them sort of coming to terms of what their relationships are like now. How does he have money now? Yes, uh, he's got the cart. He's got the coffee cart. That's right. Which is apparently quite cart. successful with. Um, Although he doesn't spend any time there in yeah, this season. <laughs> so but yeah, sure. No that's why I forgot about this it. Season. Yeah. But we just know he's doing okay. Um, then, obviously, Rose's death. And then everything that comes with that. Tom at the start of the season, Tom and Ella are, le- are moving out. He is going to sell his mum's place, which is pretty full on. That's so sad. Fuck. That is a good... I really like that scene. So the start of episode six, and there's... A lot of emotions going on there, which I think the music and everyone's performance in there does a pretty good job of telling, which is like, there's a certain excitement, but then there's a reality of just being an adult that you're selling a one and a half million dollar house. I, I'm, I just thought that was so weird that they were celebrating. Well, I, I can sort of see the, the celebration that you want 
like there's a lot of work that goes into selling a house. You want to get the value that you want for it. That's a big deal. It's a lot of money. But when the guy comes in, the real estate agent comes in, he says, you just sold your mum's house. It's like, yeah, that's the other side of it. And then Josh is crying. See, that's that like fair. giant shadow, like it never left for me. So when they started celebrating, I was like, oh, again, we don't that's have, tacky. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a symptom of the time that must yeah. have taken place between episode five and episode six. Mm. How long has it been? Like, has yeah. it been another six months since they... Um, yeah. Since and Rose yeah, because I was marathoning it, like she would, she just died. Yeah, yeah. So I was so just like, ah, ah, yucky, yucky, yucky. I watched the last. I watched the fifth episode, and then a week later, I watched the last episode. So I had that week break, right? And so I didn't feel the same heaviness from from that. So, yeah. and that like that's how it would have aired on television as well. Yeah. A week later, you're not, yeah, just thinking, yeah, oh, Rose is dead. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you get to the point of him. He moves out. He buys his own place. Which I gotta ask, how is that house wherever it is and somewhere in the inner suburbs of Melbourne worth half a million dollars less than his mum's place? That feels like that thing should be his worth. His mum's place was in Richmond, um, pretty expensive real estate. Where is yeah. that? His second place though. His second place is in like Fitzroy, like in Fitzroy, or Collingwood, or something like that. And it looks like it's a one bedroom as opposed to like a four bedroom, which backyard and stuff like that. I don't know. That just backyard it doesn't have a backyard. He has very close neighbors. I, I think his dad loud. is wrong. That is a good investment because it's an apartment. <laughs> it's an but apartment it's, but has the, no land. That the the kitchen open plan living was really nice. Um, nah, anyway, anyway, <laughs> this is not. This is not. Hunting, I mean, like hunting location, <laughs> location, location. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You have this podcast. Yeah. I just think like the price of that property is not got the like. It's not the price of it isn't going to raise it, as its quickly value is as, not going as up yeah, as much as, as Rose's uh, places. Yeah. Yes, because well, it doesn't have land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, this is again, should have bought like a four bedroom house in Northgate. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. They're actually pretty reasonable. I have looked. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing. This is this is the bit about the show that I'm connecting with a little bit. I'm in a situation where I've got to look at is it should I be buying into real estate? And this is I like how this show, without going into too much detail about it, reflects the anxiety of doing really adult things like that, like buying a house and living alone and all those sorts of things potentially as well. I just, I really appreciate that's where it gets to. I kind of wish it happened over well, a little period of time. It, it does in the last five minutes of the last episode. and then it's I think the like- whole last episode sort of like that. It's a lot of Josh doing that sort of stuff. Well, the stuff with him but and the thing is, like, is really good. Yeah. I, but I don't know if it is. I really like that. But I don't know if, you know, your, your mother's died and now you have a whole lot of money and you can just buy a house outright. I don't know exactly how that's anything like people our age buying a house. You don't think so? You don't think that the idea of your... That's I mean, the only way you'd get, be able to buy a house. Yeah, how the hell do we buy a house? Yes. We get to an age... That's the thing that's probably growing up too, is you, as you get Realizing older... Realising you can't buy into the market there's that but there is i mean the show has always been about from season one that josh has to become an adult because he's stopped looking after his mum, who used to look after him he has to take on the parent role right mm-hmm. but also a part of growing up is the idea that at some stage you get old enough that your parents die and that comes there's a lot of things that are involved with that there's the emotional side of it but there's a financial responsibility there too he she's divorced he she says in the first i think second episode he is her next of kin. She obviously left all her assets to him. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that there is a financial reality there. This is something that we're going to inherit things from our parents as well, theoretically. It's like, yeah, what like, did she like? There's a financial, yeah. There's, like, what did she like? She liked me. 
yeah. that was it. Like there, there, there is a financial side of that as well, and that's a that's a weird thing to. You don't think about that when you're a kid. You think about it's scary my mum and dad dying because of my mum and dad. You don't think about all the financial adult decisions you have to make. Like it would have been interesting, I think, to see an episode where they had to talk about like a funeral or something like that. Because there's so many. Just, I, I keep thinking of episode five. By the way, reminds me of the body. One of my favorite episodes yeah. ever of Buffy. And following seasons after that, they're doing things like buying coffins for Joyce and stuff like that. Mm. And episodes. those in those episodes, sorry, yeah. Um, I do that a lot. Mm. I think that's because of the title of the show, of the podcast. Anyway. Counted episodes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I don't know. I, I quite appreciate seeing a little bit of that reality. I wish it was, it could have been the entire season that would have been better. But. Is, I, I think it's good that they didn't do that because I feel like a lot of shows dwell on that a that. lot more. Yeah. And this true. is a different sort of side of that. Whereas it's not about making those decisions. I'm, I'm buying a coffin for my mum. I'm buying, mm. making these decisions mm. because my mum's died. This is other decisions. This is like real life decisions as opposed to that one specific time. Yeah. And I I just want to say that I don't think that, I mean, I think it's great to see the reality of that situation, which they show. I'm just saying, I don't think that it's in any way representative of the experience of people our age. I think, I don't think that his exact situation is universal, but I feel the anxiety or I think what I feel for the first time in Josh is the reality of his parents getting older and, dying and him having to make extremely adult decisions with a lot of money, which is a part of growing up too. I think that is reflected in it. While the exact situation isn't there, I think I definitely connect with his anxieties about that sort of stuff. Mm. I like the way that they show him. I guess I just haven't had a lot of money, so I don't. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) if if you talked to me two years ago about some of this stuff, it wouldn't have meant so much to me. But right now... Just bought a car. I just bought a car. (laughs) And like that's the most biggest financial decision I've ever made. I don't own a property or housing house yet, but I keep having to think about it Mm. because not to get too deep into like the Melbourne situation here, but house the prices are going up. It's getting harder and harder for our generation to buy property, especially first home buyers. And so I have to wonder, should I get into the market now or should I be waiting? And like the more I don't think about it, the harder it's potentially going to get for me. And so I, I, it's on my brain. It's like, this is this something I should be doing or not? I started anyway. thinking about like investments. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had conversations with people about Investment. Do you investments. Mean, do, you, do you mean like in the stock market? In the stock market. Right, okay. What? To get so, like a little nest egg happening so I can buy a fucking house. Right, okay. So this is the sort of thing that's happening. Yeah. And that's that, that I, well, okay. again, it's not specific. It's very. It's a very specific situation. Yeah. I feel like you can extrapolate off that. And I appreciate okay. that the show I, I say say. goes there. And I feel like that's been happening a little bit. As a, if you think about where Josh is in in episode one of season one, he is living in his dad's place, paying rent free with his loser of a friend. He doesn't. Josh doesn't even have a job. He's studying at uni. And then by the end of this season, he owns a house. He has a success, successful business. He's living on his own independently in some r- amazing apartment in Northcote or wherever it is, or Fitzroy or whatever. Bluetooth speakers. Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> Crazy. Living the dream. Um, I think that is a p- interesting that, that, yeah, you see, I, I feel as much as sometimes it feels like it comes in fits and starts, you do feel that change. And I appreciate that in the show. We should move on from Josh and come back because we'll come back to the ending of this season a little bit later. Mm. The next uh, storyline I want to talk about, oh, 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 I guess, sorry, I will go a little bit back to Josh quickly. Ugh. Did we like 
what they did with Josh this season overall. Are we happy with the story they were telling for him there? Because I did. I, I yeah, thought it was, no, I liked it. I'm glad they, yeah, more they than went. than previous seasons. It's okay. not quite what I wanted, but yeah. Are we happy with the way Arnold was treated? No. No, of course not. Was no, when I say tra- I don't mean by Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean in general the way the show treats him. Are we happy with the way? Because his storyline essentially ends when they break up and then we get a couple of little glimpses into his life and he is moving on. We know that much. I mean, I already got the sense like that Josh didn't really care about Arnold and then the the way he's treated in in the show is in like he kind of disappears and that's it kind of solidifies that that he didn't really matter and that was like his worst fear and so that made me just feel terrible for him. So that was so that made you feel terrible but do you think that was deliberate and in good storytelling or do you think that was he was short-shrifted? Well, if you're trying to tell me that Josh is growing up I don't see that in the way that he treated Arnold, so cool. no. Okay. See, I, I think they went out of their way to make Arnold look, Arnold look like the bad guy. Do you? Like that stuff that happens with the threesome, right, at the start. And then also at the end, at in the last episode, or the second last episode when he's ringing him, trying to get onto him, right? And he's with someone else. He's with the guy from the threesome. I don't think that's... It is. I, no, yeah, no pretty, it is. Yeah. It is, but I don't think that makes... Yeah, makes I don't think It just seemed guy. like to me... That like made me go, oh, trying. thank God, he's with someone who loves him. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because I, I thought... I felt, it, I that made me think, oh, the whole time he didn't care. I think that was something that they gave to Arnold so you don't feel so sorry for him. I can see your perspective on it, though, if you feel like... But you've got to have the go in with the feeling that like the open relationship threesome thing was a bad idea that Arnold forced upon Josh. Which, I think there's an argument to be made that that happened. Whose idea was it to have an open Arnold. relationship? Arnold. Arnold. Right. Arnold's the one who wouldn't commit to them being exclusive right. in the middle of season okay. three. And then they start to talk about open relationships and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, that yeah, that's definitely de- there. Um, the But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think what's more interesting is that what they do is we just sort of check in on Arnold. They're both trying to communicate with each other. And then at some stage, we can just assume they stopped. And so, they just, once they broke up... They maybe tried to be friends and then they drifted into their own bullshit. Josh has got his mum stuff going on, his financial situation, and Arnold's got a new partner and they just, they move on with their lives. And that's what I felt. And it only took three scenes or something like that, a couple of missed phone calls to communicate that. I thought that was kind of good, actually. As much as it does mean it sucks that Arnold's out of the show, Mm. because I I like Arnold's character, yeah. Um, Well, you were saying you liked Arnold's stuff in episode two, though. Um, when, they're, when they're camping? I mean, I just liked the way, you know, you're having those two very different conversations about, oh, no, like, of course he loves you. Of course, like, mm. no, it's everything's going to be fine. And then the other conversation is like, well, I mean, I think you know what you need to do. You need yeah. to break up. Like, I really enjoyed that. And, like, I thought the scene, it's always funny when, like, Josh has to have, like, quite an emotional scene. His face is always covered. I wonder if like, yeah, he does a lot of like covering his face with his hands or yeah, with or a, a pillow. pillow or a doona. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was good. I thought um, the guy who plays Arnold, his acting was fabulous. I think I think he's Keegan a, Joyce. Yeah, a, he's a champion. He's, I think he's always done a really good job. Yep, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite younger Australian actors. Yeah, he's great. He's in Rake as well. He plays Cleaver Green's son in that. He's he's brilliant. Very Ooh. funny. Tom and Ella. They we find out in episode one that Tom quite likes Ella. He wants to be a better person for her. He asks her to move out. She says yes. They're there. 
for a few more episodes, <laughs> and then they're sort of they're sort of house hunting in the background, and then the last episode. I think you might argue that in the second last episode you can start to see that Ella maybe doesn't like Tom as much as he, he likes her anymore. Mm. What, what's the moment in the second last episode that makes um, you say that? There's the bit with her with the doctor and the way that they, put, they focus on her foot yeah. being like she's excited by being with the doctor, I think is what's meant okay. to be the idea there. And then she gets irritated with him when he sort of is trying to joke about... I think he's just trying to have a conversation about the fact that he was extremely handsome. I don't think he was trying... I, I, to give Tom credit, which is weird, because it's hard <laughs> to give Tom credit considering what he's like in season two. Um, I think he legitimately was just... He was having fun. Having fun. Yeah, I agree. And she got defensive, and that was the first... We She can be insecure, but I don't think we've ever seen her quite get like that. Mm. And so you start to see the hints that maybe she's not in it as much as he is anymore. You can see... I actually quite like her subtle acting. She's never, ever as excited about moving as he is. Never, yeah. Never. She says yes. Like that she scene, puts up enthusiasm, but there's always a little bit of doubt in her performance. I've seen the last episode where she's gardening. Yeah, and yeah. he comes over. We got the loft, and she's like, "Which one's that?" And yeah. Then the one's like, "Oh, yay!" And and then the, the dad conversation, whatever. Which is I really like that it's conversation. Very funny. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, I think she's very funny. I like her role. Over, we said last season for whatever reason. I, well, I can see why she's irritating to some people. I quite like Ella. I Emily think Zarkley. when they give her actual jokes she's really really good sure when they try to make her so like mm, i'm weird and yeah. it's just like oh go away i think that's sort of who she is as well i think there's a lot of emily barclay in ella just from gathering from her her instagram page um and her, her videos she her seems videos, like, a... like she seems like ella yeah just times a billion that you said they were dating in real life yeah i was talking to my girlfriend after seeing watching the end of episode six today and I was like, oh, yeah. And then watching the scene where they break up and it's like, oh, it's sad. And she was like, it's okay. They're still together in real life. I'm like, yeah, it's true. Um, but you could actually sort of see that there, there was there was a comfortableness between them. Yeah. Um, that I think comes from them being together Which I think is life. why you like Tom it more this nice season. It was nice to see Tom have real human chemistry with someone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Love. It was great to see him have real emotion as well. But I'll get that mm. later because there was... Oh, yes. The moment I... That's, oh, there's a... The moment I cried. Cool. Yeah, let's come back to that in a second. Oh, God. Because yeah. I guess that's not real. That's really Josh's story more than anything, but it's worth talking about that part for them. Anyway, the end of the Ella and Tom stuff is that they break up after they've moved into this horrific loft. What the fuck is that thing? It look, That is going to be so cold in winter. That just looks like... <laughs> There's a, no insulation. That's not a house. It's that's awful. not a shed. Thing. How could anyone yeah. ever, ever apply for that? It was like a storage room. They like, oh, we don't. Yeah, have I'd break out with my film. girlfriend if she's like, where, "This is where we're living." Now. I'm like, "Haha, good joke." Bye. Well, she should never have let him apply for that place. Yes. That's like neither of them should. Well, she so. wasn't involved because she obviously like, apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. Um, so they break up, and then Tom ends up mo- moving back in, at least, at least staying, staying with yeah. Josh. So we end up cyclically exactly where we started at the start of the season with Josh and Tom living together alone. Except this time, now it's. Josh owns the house. Josh owns the house and he makes more money now. Yeah. That's about it. They're in the exact same place otherwise though, which I find very interesting. Interesting bookends. Uh, we'll come back to that too. That bit scene you want to talk about though? Okay. Uh, there's, yeah. there's two, I would argue, in episode five. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about the second one. So after Josh has gone to bed? After Josh, Josh, they're in the, yeah, they're in the kitchen chatting about... About everything or whatever, and talking about it, I can't exactly remember the conversation they had. They're 
Talking about, I'm sorry about talk, your mum. Talking about your mum, they're trying to keep it light, trying to keep him occupied. And they talk about so the conversation. The horse joke Yeah, the horse joke. The tiny horse yeah. or something. Yeah, I want you to know that we had that conversation already, but we said it again so you can enjoy it, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and then then Josh is like, I'm going to bed. And at that point, it's just like, just, it's crushing. And it's mm. I'm like, as I watched this scene. I remember watching this scene the first time, right? Mm. And crying after he said it. Yeah. Right. And going. That's the hardest thing I've ever had to do because it looked like it was. It was. It felt very real to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then I remember watching this again, and knowing what was coming, and started crying before it happened. <laughs> and I didn't stop crying to the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty excellent. And basically, what he does is he breaks down to Ella and just sort of is finally able to let down his sort of bravado he's putting up for this for Tom's sake. For sorry, Josh's, Josh's sake, sake yeah. and just says. Like, pretty simply, that was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. And just trying to obviously be cut up, trying up himself about Rose. But then, yeah, and also be as supportive as he, as he has to be. Mm. I really I lo- think, sorry, I think in like, if this is whole thing about like being forced to grow up, I, mm. the, I yeah, I really connected with that because, you know, as we get older and things happen and friends lose parents or, you know, friends lose loved ones and like... I don't, there are very few moments where you really feel like such an adult and such a child at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Like, well, I just want to like, I just want to call my mum because this is such a big situation. And like, how am I meant to comfort someone? How am I meant to be like the strong one when something scary like death is happening? And like, just to see that vulnerability moments after like, they were clearly just being like so strong. Mm. It, it's It's so affecting and it's such a good scene. Yeah, it was great. It's something, again, it's why it reminds me of the body from Buffy. There's You see all these different people reacting and playing their roles in this whole situation as well, which I love. There's Tom gets, is the first person that Josh calls. Mm-hmm. And Tom, get, he was just having the most... They were, what were they talking about? The hot doctor. They were on mm. the phone to Tom about that. It was this dumb conversation a second ago. Um, they continue that conversation until Josh finally... Gets Tom on the phone and tells him. You see Tom just try and deal with that reality for a second. It's like, nah, you're, nah, 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 you're you're lying. Yeah, this is this. You better not be lying. Oh, this is the worst joke. Yeah. So there's that. Then there is Alan finding out when he mm. drops his food. Mm. Um, and because he's such a rational person, he's and then the there's home. when he comes over and then he's trying to open the door for the paramedics to take. Rose's body away and then there's just a great shot of them standing in the kitchen just both both Josh and Alan both have their hands on their hips just opposite ends of the kitchen which I really like and then one of my the one that you know the bit that made me cry first is May oh yeah when May is in the car and is just trying so hard to be helpful and because she's she's probably she's probably the most detached from Rose there, but she cares so much about Alan and Josh mm. that she's just like, I just, you know, do you need anything? Do you need to eat? What do you want to eat? Do you know what can I do for? Don't you, you do anything for yourself as soon as you need anything? Yeah, mm-hmm. do, yeah, Call I'll be me, so Josh. angry if you do anything. Yeah, yeah. I, that breaks my heart that bit. Absolutely, I really like that about that episode. I don't know about you, Damask. Um, so in general, incredible. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that whole thing, the whole thing is just so emotional. Um, and I know, I just, I wish. I didn't find May so distracting, but I do. Ooh, why do you find May distracting? We haven't talked about this. 
I've, I mean, I, it's a problem I have with, you know, a few characters that I don't really know. I mean, she's a bit softer, I think, in this season when we see her and Josh connect. But I just, I don't really Believe get it? her. And I kind of see her. And I know she's based on like a real person, right? Like his actual no stepmom, isn't that right? Don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, you said you've done no research, but that's more research th- we've done. I, th- I thought that was a conversation we had like back in the day. Uh, possibly. I, if we had, I've forgotten that information. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you told me that. Um I I find her maybe it's the performance I'm not sure but I just find it very jarring and very kind of weirdly stereotypical and off-putting. That's the thing I like about May. I I think there's like it's it's one of the things they comment in season 1 is that people have assumptions about May because she fits certain stereotypes in some ways, because stereotypes are often based on a reality. But then, I don't very often Alan, see a deviation from that, though. Well, what 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 part of what she's doing is stereotypical? Well, we the the brashness, I think, and the it's like kind of like that tiger mum kind of mentality. Do you know what I mean by tiger mum? Um, it's this stereotype of Asian mothers being very kind of in your face and controlling and abrasive. Um, and I, I just, if I could have more of May, I would probably have a different opinion, but I don't. I think there's definitely some scenes that where they, I, they break that apart. Like in the first season when Josh, uh, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. It's been so long. And May comes around and sits down with him and talks. Yeah. I, I, I think there's lots. There's I lot think there's like the, the way they talk about, and it's been a long time since particularly you, Damascus, have seen the first two mm. and a half seasons. Yeah. But there's like, there's all the stuff with like that guy that Rose was dating that thinks that Rod, uh, yeah, Rod, Rod or whatever his name was. And he's got these assumptions about, you know, because she's Thai where Alan, you know, sort of met her. And he talks about that he met her on a plane that she's like actually, you know, really brilliant like business person. She's very, mm. very smart. So those sorts of things. I think she is very independent, which maybe comes across in some of the character types talking about. But I also think she's a very unsure mum at times. She's very worried as a new mum that she's doing things right. Mm-hmm. I think that really comes across as well. I love, I think, was it last, because I watched the last half of season three, the, the Christmas. The Christmas episode. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, that's really interesting. Because I would suggest that's one of the most defined moments of her as a mum, is when she's doing the controlled crying. And everyone's got an opinion on that. But I like to see that she's so stressed about it and she like she's it's hard for I, her. I think that's there. I really like there are, that. There are bits where Alan and her are freaking out because her because Grace's poo is purple and they're trying to figure out what's going on. That's and right. I, yeah, I forget about that. I, I don't know. I, I think May is actually a pretty decent character. For someone who doesn't get enough time to be a real character overall, mm. I don't have a problem with May, to be honest. I think she's pretty good. Yeah, I, think I don't have a great problem with her. I just find her in a mo in that a very big emotional moment. I find her, yeah, I don't know, jarring. I don't know if they, I think it was the best thing they could have done with her. I don't know what else she could yeah, have. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is true. That she. Is true. Uh, that's exactly the role that she would fill in that moment because she's so disconnected from Rose, and that's the bit that I, that's what made me emotional in that scene because I was like, that is exactly what she would do. That makes so much sense. That. All she can do is offer to support them. That's mm. all she's got in and that then, moment. And then, and then she's in the last episode when she's talking to Josh about talk to your dad. He hasn't he hasn't cried or anything. He hasn't been emotional. Yeah, hasn't any negative emotions at all. 
Because yeah. like you need to give get him to. Yeah, I mean, that like, point. yeah, I think in in the car and in other moments, I think it's her like realization that she's the only mother left in the family. Yeah, there's and, part, like, that's part yeah. of it too. And that's, yeah, which yeah, I think is. Yeah, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm liking <laughs> yeah, good. it. Yeah, we've turned you Well, let's talk about Alan and May for a second. We're sort of to the end of the Tom and Ella stuff here. Alan and May this season, there's not a whole lot. There's they they're reacting to the other stuff that's going on mainly. We get more insight into Alan, I think Alan's relationship with Tom and with sorry with Josh and with Rose, but they are they have no focal episodes at all. Yeah, I think they've had their what they needed though. Last two seasons, I feel very Alan and May heavy. Yeah, I agree. Last season in particular. The same with Tom and Ella, which is we get that start and end point with Tom and Ella, but they disappear through the middle of it in a lot of ways, at least in terms of storyline. What about... And then Claire is the other one. Mm. Who? Yeah, good (laughs) good question. She was in two scenes. (sighs) Three. Three. She's in episode one. A phone call to Josh where Josh says, what the fuck, are we friends anymore? Why aren't we hanging out? Mm-hmm. Which lasts for 30 seconds on the bus. Episode five, uh, Josh rings Claire because he needs someone else to talk to. He, She's sort of probably his most level-headed friend in a lot of ways and normally has the right answer to those things. They're a good yin and yang, those two. Um, and so he calls her then and then he shows up at her place in a scene in episode six that is goddamn near pointless. I do not know what that scene does except show that Claire is still in the show. Yeah, basically. Interesting little uh, it's bit. Just, it's so obvious to me that that was filmed later. He's got a haircut. Yeah. It's definitely filmed. He's gone to America to shoot this. That's my thought. Is they, that, they that's put a hat on him. definitely what happened, yeah. They yeah. put a hat on him. Because that'll cover up the fact that his hair is so much shorter. Yeah. Even though the season before this and the scene directly after it, he has so much longer hair. Yeah. I mean, that might be just me, me because I know how things are made. But you see the gears turn. I've like seen, man. yeah, and it's like we've done stuff ugh. like this before. Like, yeah, we've definitely put hats on people for that reason. <laughs> we have. Um, but you feel it, and, and it, feel, it just it feels, feels different. So my question is, how? Could they have treated Claire better? Although I think Claire does a really good... I think Kate and Stacey does a really good job yeah, in that Kate scene. Yeah, Kate and Stacey's great. She always is. Yeah. And when she's as Claire. But should we just have not had Claire in this season? Would that have been better? Just talk about the fact that she's not around anymore? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just had those two scenes on the phone, would that have been enough? Do we need Claire in the last episode, particularly for that scene that just goes, there's nothing? You would... I think and it's distracting. I think me. there'd be people would be pissed off more 
that she wasn't in the show in, in at the end of the show. I mean, she it was, would have felt weird that she wasn't. She's there at in all, the but very it feels first weird episode. That we only get as much as we do. I I mean I don't understand why if you are able to have in the budget fly to LA <laughs> and film one scene, one scene with Caitlin Stacy, make that the scene where you tell her that your mother has died. Why would you make it a little nothing scene? Mm, that's a good point. I wonder if it was a later edition. I wonder if I'm that sure wasn't it was, written in the it script. Just, yeah, I just kind of wish they had saved that one scene for something that meant something. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's really disappointing that Claire just, just doesn't get anything to do this season at all. I think that's a, a lot to do with the fact that she probably just wasn't available. Do you like the idea, though, that people, as good intentions as they are, and as she says, they'll still be laughing and being friends when they're 50, but that sometimes you just don't see people as much as you used to, and that that's the reality of life. People you're close to, people get busy, their lives sort of diverge from each other, and you just don't get to see them anymore. Like, is there is there is that an interesting storyline? I guess I think it would have been if there was time spent on it. Yeah, I think if if it was a storyline, yes, a it wasn't a storyline. It wasn't just attacked on yeah. It's idea. it's mentioned. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, all right, Hannah. Well, Rose, I wanted to get to just okay. generally. Um, right, let's do Hannah first. Okay, Hannah. So Hannah is living with Rose. Things weren't going great for them. She had a lot of tension with Rose last season because of his stu- her stuff with Stuart. Um, this season, um, she decides to move out because her and Rose are fighting a lot. Rose is being really antagonistic towards her. Um, she well, moved- Rose is just inventing a situation that isn't really there. Well, we'll talk about the Rose stuff. What's going on with Rose in a second? I okay. think let's just talk about more about what Hannah sort of goes through in this season. That she basically gets pushed out of the house though because of the mm. way that Rose is treating her. Before that, we have the episode episode two, which is Hannah's birthday, and they decide to go camping. And it's Hannah's birthday and it's more of a backdrop to that episode than anything else. Yeah. It kind of doesn't amount to a whole lot for Hannah. It's just Hannah's, Hannah being Hannah but and reacting even, the way that Hannah does. Even then, it doesn't really feel like it's Hannah. Do you do you think Hannah is improving? As a, like, yeah, I think she she's is. She's getting like, better. She's getting better, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I do like. I think that's maybe probably the big reason that she moves out of, of Rose is because when she's not with Rose... She's not sad. Well, she's sense. she's like, the one that's she's like taking up boxing and stuff like yeah. that, and she's being proactive, which certainly was not the case. What she yeah, was like I think that two. helps her make the decision to move out because now that she's a little bit better, she can see how unhealthy the dynamic is. Exactly. And that, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you feel about what What do you feel about where they go with her in the last couple of episodes with her girlfriend that comes back into her life? Uh, it just again feels to that? me like they're finding things what for her to the do. Fuck was that? Who is that woman? <laughs> That, we, that is that woman doesn't exist. That yeah. is not, not a real. real. That's not a real thing. There was a line I wrote down. Now I t- said that Ella's lines can be sometimes be a bit twee. This is just horrendous. The stuff they give her. Um, uh, yes, but I wouldn't be winning the. I wouldn't be winning this winners as in this win, like this winnery or something like that. I was like, that's not a thing a human being says. Yeah, that's not a thing even a Joss Whedon character. I, says. I was about to say that's like a B grade Buffy script. Like, that's that's nothing. <laughs> that's, that's Buffy. The original film. No, that's the porn oh. parody of Buffy, right and there. There was another bit. There was oh, there was a line that Hannah said that I liked, where her this girlfriend character whose name I can't remember comes into her into her thing, and Hannah says, "It doesn't make sense you being here." I was like, "Yeah, yes. that's a hundred percent right. It doesn't make sense <laughs> her being here. What is this?" And then the last episode, Hannah has this girlfriend, and they're just sort of at a dancing with them, and then that's it. 
Yeah. If maybe that character was, because she, you know, talks about ha- how Hannah used to be a winner, if then that meant we were able to explore, like, who Hannah used to be and, like, the fall of Hannah, sure. But we don't have time to do that. I don't know no. what this is, what, what just, glimmer of past life this is or, like, why on earth this woman would be with her n- now when she's clearly still getting better but still ill and it doesn't make any sense at all. No, I think you're 100% right. There's just no time to explore that properly. It just her moving out. It may, what they could have just done is had her moving out and like looking healthier and being healthier and being on her own and being fine. Yeah, and by maybe herself. Like maybe even starting to look for a job, like small things. She doesn't need a person. No, it's yeah. just those little things that mean that you're getting better. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt just so wrong, and it and it felt so wrong. Not just in the story wise, but the acting and the writing wise and the acting wise of all of it doesn't feel right. That being said, I do like her bit where she's talking to Josh on the phone after Rose's death and her guilt at um, having having left, having left, and the fear that she was going to have to go back mm. into hospital is awful. Um, what do we think about just generally Hannah Gatsby's performance in this show and Hannah as a presence in the show? I like it a lot. I think Hannah. I think it's great. Is all is saves scenes sometimes. She Especially makes episode me two. laugh like no other character. Like she, I I mean I don't spend a lot of time laughing in this show, mm. but when if Hannah's in a scene, it's very likely that I'll be laughing. Yeah, she gets the best lines, and well, sometimes I wonder if it's the best lines or she's just best at delivering the lines because she steals so many scenes with just Absolutely. a line. Mm. Yeah. And episode two in particular, the one that I said that was too much um there was like it's a centered around her but not enough attention on her mm. she saves scenes by just being funny and being her um was it something like porridge is too happy for this or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> porridge is too cheery or something like this yeah <laughs> it's very good all right finally let's go on to rose uh what do we think of rose's storyline this season and how that plays out because it's interesting for me watching this the second time through because I didn't realise the inherent tragedy of everything that's going on in this season until I watched it the second time around. She just starts... She's dead inside in a lot of ways. She is just just almost comatose, a zombie walking through life. She's pushing everybody away, especially Hannah and Josh. Um, she goes to the supermarket and she's just not reacting. She's just in a, a shell of a person. And then... Watching episode four and seeing her so peppy and so happy, it should have been obvious that something was fucked straight away because she was awful the episode before. And then the only time we've ever seen her be like that is when she goes off the medication and then everything goes wrong for her always. And it was heartbreaking to watch it happen this time through. It's clear that everyone was distracted by their own stuff. Everyone's struck by those stuff, and but it's what's interesting is the way that Josh and, and Alan both say in that episode. She looks good. She seems yeah. to be doing better, and it's that misjudging her handling her mania or being off her medication as being and mis misreading that as her being better when really she's put herself in huge danger. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Seeing this is your first time watching it through, did you notice that straight away? Did you, did you see it happening? No, I didn't see it happening at all. You didn't know what was going to happen no. in episode five. No, um, because obviously we've seen um, the extreme mood fluctuations in previous seasons. Yeah, um, and because just before I watched this last season, I watched the latter half of season three, 
and in that Christmas episode, you know, and Josh has that great big speech about how like um, when she's off him. Yeah, she's off her meds again, yeah. Yeah, and she, you know, she's clearly manic and that means like she feels great but very soon she's going to be super depressed and like try to kill herself again. Um, and so, <laughs> I mean, I, I – so when she was at dinner with, you know, Josh and Alan, I just thought she was manic again. Um, so you did think she, you did think she was off her meds straight away. I just thought she was kooky Rose again, and she was right. just having a great time. She was a bit giggly, having fun, and I didn't see it coming at all. And it was, and I, yeah, I just didn't put it together. I was wondering why she was being so awful to Hannah. I didn't get it. Um, I assumed maybe it was just for like a bit of attention because Hannah was, you know, kind of getting better, and maybe that scared her a little bit. Um. Yeah, no, I didn't. And then when Josh walks through the door and he's like bouncing around and he's just got off the phone and uh, yeah. God, the moment you see him walking down that street, I'm like, fuck. You know, you kind of get the feeling that something's wrong, don't you? The moment he's on the phone, even though they'd set up earlier in the season. They set it up. On the, did, did you notice yeah. how obvious that was? Yeah. Episode one Episode distinctly one. does things to set this up. They're having a they're having a, a similar conversation. A yeah. conversation about something. Yep. Ella's having a FaceTime conversation with Josh. Cool. He set that up. They're doing it again. He's walking to his mum's house again. It's the same you, thing. You, you distinctly see in episode, in episode one, I didn't I only realise this this time around, like they show a really weird shot. It's not a shot you'd normally see in the show of putting the key in the door. Like just make it obvious that this is something he does, right? Yeah. That he has got this access to the house and this is something we should just know is normal. So when he go and he does the exact same thing, hi ma, and then he walks in and there's no response straight away, and then he finally walks into the lounge room and she goes, oh, I'm getting rid of your stuff. Here's your toys. Get rid of them, please. Yeah. Um, which is oh, also didn't talk about that. I mean, that's the thesis for this season, right? Is like I'm Andy in Toy Story three. Yeah, it's like you got you got to grow up now. This is this is the se- mm. this is the season where you have to be an adult now. You have to ditch all this childhood bullshit and get rid of it. it you've got no space for it anymore, basically. Um, maybe her cleaning up the house, making it easy for them when she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of different things going on there, but yeah. And then that, but it's the exact same shot, basically. Hi, Ma. Mm. Walking through, no response. And then he sees her in the bedroom. Fucking hell. Yeah. God, God. Rose's storyline has always been the best part of the show, I think. And it occurs to me now how good the stuff in season three is where Hannah's talking about going off the medication and how she'd rather be beige but because of how but how she starts hitting herself and stuff again and how agonizing it is to be off medication, but how much you want to be off medication because you don't feel anything, all those sorts of things. The bit that gets me with Rose the second time round is I bawled when she had that, because Deborah Lawrence is so fucking good, mm. in degustation when she starts talking about how proud she is of Josh, mm. fucking killed me because I knew what was coming. Mm. Absolutely slayed me. I was a mess. It was so good. Yeah, it's just hats off to the Lawrence. Like oh. incredible. It's incredible. It's so funny to me, right? It's it's such a big. It's so interesting to me. Maybe yeah. Funny, funny is not the great word. No, the, the <laughs> fact the fact that the first half of the season, I'm like, uh, and then by the end of the season, I was like, uh, it's like I this is like. Didn't care about the first three episodes. It's, and it's a tale of two halves. Just had me, and it's like incredible television. It's uh, the, the Rose stuff in the first three episodes. I think is important, though. I think yeah. they do a really good job of setting all of that stuff up. 
Um, but it's just the Josh stuff is nowhere near as interesting, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just it doesn't hold up to the last <laughs> last two episodes. Cool. Any other thoughts on the Rose storyline, General? Just makes me really sad. Did anyone just, notice? Yeah, it's really affecting, and it's it's great television. It's and pretty interesting poetically. We'll actually come back to that in a second. But anyone notice she's holding the when she's on the floor in the bedroom, she's holding she's a letter. Does it say does, Josh on it? Josh, yeah. We never see what she wrote on it. That just that's Something all you needed. need to know. That's all you needed. And it just it just Does he find her note in the first season? I don't think she had a note in the first season. I don't think she ever had a note previously. I think that's the difference, right? Yeah. It's like this time she had a note. She did it for reals. It was, oh, I thought there was a note. I'm pretty and, sure. I don't oh. think there is. There, there, there do, she does talk about the note she gets from Ginger in season two. When Ginger commits suicide, right, yes. she got a note from her. And there's that whole episode where they're camping, her and Josh. And at the end of it, they read the note she gave her. That's right. Yes. So, there is a note then. Mm-hmm. But it's, okay. yeah, from a different right. character. All right. Let's get into some of our little discussion topics. We need to speak. this up How many comedies have like two suicides in them? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how many like there's like three attempted suicides in there yeah. I can count uh, there's a woman who is self-harming by beating her oh that's so hard to watch oh uh, that looks so painful just general that sort of uh, like attention to mental illness as well mm. it's that is one I, I will never get over how good a part of the show that is again we'll come back to this stuff alright this is the final season we didn't know this at the time of airing but how well do you think this season works as a, as a finale um, and uh, for, uh, as a finale for the whole show, as a series, do you like it? Do you think it's successful? Definitely, definitely wraps things up. I feel you're happy that like it's an, it feels like an ending to it you. It felt like an ending to a show to me. And you were happy with where it, how it ended, where it ended. I think it was. I didn't hate it. You I, didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I think it was a it was a it was a good ending. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what I, ending I, I wanted. I think it got to where it needed to go. Mm. I just wish. The journey there was a little, well, better done, really. What For you, what is the ending? What is this end point that it got to that it needed to get to? Josh has had to grow up. Yep. And yet, see, for me, the, bit, the, re- the thing I like about that ending, so if you talk about Josh specifically, where he is, everything has changed yet nothing has changed, mm. which I love. He's obviously more grown up. He is in more grown up circumstances. He is more alone than he's ever been before. But still, him and Tom are living in a house together. Yeah. I think is perfect. I think that is a perfect place to end it. And because knowing we didn't know for sure it was the final season, I remember finishing the episode and going, "I hope that's the last episode. I hope we don't see any more. Mm. I don't need more." No, it especially like, yeah. especially with Rose dying as well. Satisfying. That's such a bookend to where the show starts with her attempted suicide. To have her and to see her struggle and to see her actually pass away, it just felt like that's the natural ending for the show. Feel the same way, Damask? There's a microphone there, Damask. Just, mm-hmm. just nod. Oh, yeah, no, I was gathering my thoughts, you jerk. No, no video game. No video game this, this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just what I said before, I mean, I think the show got to where it needed to go. I just wish that, <clears throat> excuse me, the journey was a little bit clearer, a little bit um, better defined. A bit more time spent on these things, particularly since it is the last season. It really is the last three episodes that that make it work. Yes. Because the three episodes before that just don't do that. Don't get there. So, do you think this should have been four, eight episode seasons? 
Yeah, honestly, yes. I think that's exactly what it needed to be. It should have been four eight episode seasons, and it's weird that that you just by it's the same. It's literally the same amount of episodes if you count them. But where you choose to start and end a season makes a huge difference. Mm. Um, did the production, the American production company, did that close after this finished? I think it might have been before this final season. Right. So is that why they didn't get 10 episodes because they didn't have the extra funding? Possibly or possibly because they didn't have enough story. They didn't feel they had enough story right. to put in there. Okay. That was something I wanted to talk about as well in a moment. Um, should the show have ended when it did? Do you think could you have seen an episode a season five and would you have wanted a season five? No. Yeah. Yeah, not after Rose died, no. <laughs> no, I think well, be, I, be the- assuming that they wouldn't have ended there, right? Okay, what I'm getting to is I think it ended when it needed to for a couple of reasons. I think you can start to feel, particularly in those first three episodes, that they are starting to run out of things to do and maybe everyone on board is ready to move on. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that creatively they were the the main creators of the show were done with the show. And that's not a nice thing to say, but I think there's a certain integrity in not just continuing to do it because it's a paycheck and actually saying, I'm sort of running out of emphasis. I'm running out of passion for this project or I'm running out of stories to tell. Let's do six episodes and get this over and done and and finish here. Maybe that's the beauty of it being an Australian television show where there isn't the funding for it, right? (laughs) You don't have the luxury of just a big production company or a big um, channel just throwing money into it. Yeah? You have to be more... You have to do what you can with the money you have. and there are... It's kind of that. I think it's got more to do with... it's. I mean, it's on the ABC. It's, a less com- it's not a commercial venture the same way that it's like an NBC show or something in America, right? Where things designed to last... The Big Bang, Big Bang Theory is still going because it gets ridiculous ratings for better for better or worse reasons. That's why people are still making it. It's I guarantee you it's not because anyone is, you know, I've got stories to tell in The Big Bang Theory. It's because it's a freaking <laughs> paycheck and they're getting paid a shit ton of money. I feel the same way with The Simpsons, if I'm being honest. The And those are still going because they're still making money, right? Whereas this is what we, always, we often talk about with British productions. I have a lot of respect for shows that just go, meh, I'm kind of... I don't think we've got another season to tell here. Let's end this, you know, where we can. You know what? I had a conversation with somebody once who's in the Australian television industry. I honestly could not tell you their name. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about not Please important. Like Me. We're talking about Please Like Me and how ABC does not pay for that show. Mm. Like, they basically pay to go on ABC. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, like, it was, it was, it's on there because they wanted to get the audience... In Australia, mm-hmm. yeah, but this show was released in on Pivot in America before. I think that's the nature of the beast in this country. I think a lot of um, of the production houses, producers, where you know where the money, the investors, um, they want packed to the rafters. Mm. They don't want no, please they like don't me. Want, they don't even want that. They want. They want that for two. Sight. Oh yeah. They want, well, now they do. The yeah. Chef. They want. They want cheap, disposable television where you can throw money at a couple of ideas and if one doesn't pay off, you didn't spend that much money on it and if one pays off, your internal investment is going to be massive. Yeah, I mean, yes, that is true. But there is a certain amount of scripted Australian television that legally has to be on the air. That's true And when they do that, they're going for the Pact of the Rafters because they still need some... The lowest common denominator. What can appeal to... Well, let's think about who's watching television realistically. Who's still watching free-to-air television. Yeah. 
It's mums mum. and dads. Yeah, baby, baby boomers. Baby boomers. Yeah, they're the ones. So they make television for them. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So I think it's wise for like young creatives who want to work in television to seek international backing. I yeah. think that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's part of the way that this stuff is changing too. So much of that stuff is going. Actually, what's really interesting? Have you seen the stuff about? Um, there's a, a web series at the moment called uh, Rostered On. That friend of a friend of a friend of mine, basically, or acquaintance of mine, is in. But that I, I was saw that and sort of looked at it and goes, ah, it looks like I like the idea of this, but it looks a bit like a web series. I wonder how this will go. This is obviously they. I don't know where their financial backings come from, but they're not being backed by a major, you know, television company or anything like that. It's getting ridiculously good views on YouTube and stuff like that. They, really? It's, it's yeah, yeah. One I of their trailers the has first episode millions of views. I watched the first episode of that. And I was not impressed. So wait, I'm sorry. What what is it? Is it like a TV show that that's you know on YouTube? It. It's essentially it's a 30 minute sitcom that is on online. Is it American? Is no, it Australian? it's Australian. Very Australian. It's about people. Oh, I, I get worried when you say very Australian. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I mean is, it's there is they're not pretending to be American at all. It right. is. Um, it there's no doubt about that it. it's an Australian show. It's about people working in like a good guys type store. Oh, I have seen little clips from that. Yeah, yes. they're all wearing like blue polos and stuff yep. like that. That's getting around like wildfire. Um, it's doing but, pretty but well. They, but but I wonder if that is like just the future of what young creatives should be doing with this sort of stuff. Well, you think about something like the catering show, which was a web series. Great and then, example. And then got... Uh, Great example. What's the word? Funding. Funding to make a second season for the web, but then ended up on television. Yeah, but the I don't know how well it did on television. I think it did much better I, on the web. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't watch it on television. I watched them live streaming them watching it on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that, particularly if you have a quite a large YouTube following to then sell your rights to a company that may because I remember like they released it in Australia and then because they were you know quite big internationally their international viewers wanted to see it and they had to wait. So I'm like, to wait. I don't know like if that's, if yeah. Because you're clearly not like um, building a huge viewership. If you already have it, like access to an international market on something like YouTube and yet you're kind of like funneling it down maybe just to get a bit more money up front um, on another platform. The, the, I think the reality is that TV is still where the money is though. Well, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. they yeah. are currently, I think they're going into production at the moment for a for a new show. It's not the catering show; it's something else. But it's still, like those a, two. it's like a morning. Talk I think it's like show. a morning talk show type thing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Right? okay, How good is that yeah. Show? And they've got another idea for another show as well, like a scripted thing. Yeah, yeah okay. And nice. but I feel like the catering show was like, from what I understand, is like them one millionth attempt to try to break into the market. Right, yeah, it happened to catch fire this time. They got them onto the ABC and got them onto other streaming platforms in the US and internationally. And from that, they're finally able to do this. But they have to align themselves with some sort of TV show. They can't... Otherwise, they just have to keep making the catering show. Like, that's what they get stuck doing, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Because then you, that's all people want to know them for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what it would be. If they want to go bigger, they have to get funding from somewhere, which means you have to align yourself to someone. It's just the nature of the beast. At least at this stage. But that could change. The good thing about that now, though, is that you've got things like Netflix, which well, you will be able to get a more wider global audience sooner than something, say, like ABC Yeah, IV. I could watch Please Like Me when I was in Japan, thanks to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. right. There you go. Um, a little detail I wanted to cover. This will be nitpicking. It, it, it's just a question <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, it's a little bit of nitpicking. Yeah. 
The end of... So, episode five is the episode where Rose commits suicide. And we don't see a lot of her body, right? We sort of glimpse it. And there's one shot that shows that she's holding the letter. And then we don't see it again. It's sort of in the body bag and out the door. The show ends with her body being put into cold storage in a morgue. Yep. Why was that shot there? To show that, yeah, she's gone. You don't... I really feel like we established that at that point. I thought that was a little bit of overkill. I don't think we needed that shot. Was that a good... That's not much of a goodbye, I don't think, either. It's not really... Yeah, I mean... I thought that was overkill. They didn't need it. it I mean, I wasn't like, oh, you ruined it for me, but... No, yeah, I don't they, think it they, ruined anything. I just don't know... I don't understand what it was it, doing. And I, yeah, I don't know what... It was trying to um, tell me. What? Yeah, was it trying to tell me? What emotion are you trying to get out of me that I haven't got already just by everyone reacting to her death, which I think is more important. What does her death mean to everyone who's left behind? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so seeing her body didn't mean anything to anybody else. Perhaps some, maybe it's in a contract that she, any episode that she's in, you have to see her face. Wow. Well, I mean, that's that could be a reason. Like, I, I don't mean, think it, that's the it reason. It could be maybe something to do with, you, obviously, suicide. We all, I mean, we all know suicide is awful. But when you see just people like being sad and like remembering how much they love someone, that <clears throat> sometimes the message is lost. That suicide isn't kind of this romantic thing, and it's not this, you know. You know this, I guess, romantic tragedy of like, oh, this person's gone. Like, let's remember how like wonderful and beautiful they are. Because, I mean, at the end, you're just dead. Yeah, maybe you, you are just dead. Maybe it's a it's, comment. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's just fucking sad and human and it, yeah. Well, that's it, could, it could have could have something to do with the fact that like the first season is very much about Aunt Peggy, right, and how religious she is, and and how Josh is talking about how he doesn't believe in. God or anything, yeah? Yeah. So, this seeing her in the morgue is just a reminder that for them, there's nothing more than you're dead. Yeah, okay. Right. Just, just want to show, just show a little bit of a reality of mm. the situation here, of what this really means. It's not purely I suppose in a way, emotive, it's what it means yeah. for Rose. It's like if we've spent the last 15 minutes talking about what her death means for everybody else, to just show... Her dead body being put into a cabinet. Like, what does Rose's death mean to Rose? Yeah, and that aspect it means. Well, this is, this is it. Yeah, this is what That's she the is end. now. Yeah, That's a fair argument. You've convinced me that, that wasn't the uh, as terrible decision as I thought it was. Do any of you have specific details or discussion topics you want to talk about? I'm sort of out of things now to really discuss before getting into our sort of least favorite, most favorite things. I mean, I didn't didn't bring any discussion points because I'm a guest, so. Me either. I didn't do any guest. research. <laughs> I didn't do any discussion points. I did nothing um, this week. And also, I just got back from overseas, so I couldn't possibly. So we'll talk about how I think by this point, the people that we have concerns about in terms of acting. Mm. Oh, who did you have concerns about? Josh, Josh and Tom. <laughs> in season one in particular. It's I'm really shocked. Obvious. I just think got better. I think Josh... Josh never learned to cry, but that's that's you know that's maybe hard. that's how he actually cries. It the, might the, be, but it's it's still uh, really undersells the scene, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, Tom has just at that at this point had blown me away, blew me away at that that scene again where I cried. There's right? a certain amount of subtlety there that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah he's he's definitely gotten to that point. He's gone to a very good point, especially it depends. It probably helps that he's in particular scenes with particular actors and stuff. Mm. 
someone like Ella is going to bring more out bring of him. Bring more out of him than, say, someone like Josh, right? Um, I liked the... We haven't talked about the addition of one of Australia's legacies, which is Deborah Melman. Well, yeah, she shows up as a psychologist to just sort of listen to Josh and laugh at his jokes. Yeah, she doesn't really do a whole lot. I wouldn't say she's a massive inclusion. It's great to see Deborah Melman in the show. I love seeing anything that Deborah Melman does. Generally, I think she but- has a contract where she has to be in everything Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that way, she snuck in there right at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like her last episode. Um. But she, that's the thing. There wasn't really anything added character-wise here. We got a few glimpses at, oh, yeah, Ben was in there for a second. We got a phone call with Ben in episode three. Who's Ben? Ben's the weird guy that showed up that Josh had a, met on Grinder in an, an episode towards the end of season brain. three. Oh, the brain guy, right. Brain guy, right. That. What do you think about him? Just as someone who watched the end of I season three. I don't care. What yeah. is, I, don't, I don't care. I want to know. Why yeah. is he there? Thank you. Now that that's you are, I felt <laughs> Because you weren't here last, last week. I want to ask you about the, the second, the second last episode of season three. You want to ask about that detail? Yeah. What, what, what? Go what's on. The detail? What did you think of the observation with episode? No, no, I didn't like it. Why? I get that they like this is a group of people that think they're all very interesting and funny, and if you put them in a room, they're all going to be very interesting and funny together. And I don't think that. <laughs> you you just don't feel like that way about the show in general, though. You don't think <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. pretty much. Yeah. So that was just a perfect example of what that show is for you. Yeah, I, I think one of my, like I've spoke about earlier um, in the podcast, and how the lack of in, internal life for Josh bothered me, and I think that is because Josh Thomas simply doesn't have the acting chops to show it. That's sort of what I was trying to. I was thinking you uh, you were getting to earlier was that at some stage Josh. Thomas, unfortunately, is a stand-up comedian first. Um, he is not an actor. I, I doubt he was trained as an actor. I could be wrong about that. But if he, if he was, it wasn't enough. The- <laughs> oh, we never get him on the show. No, uh, he Listen, he definitely gets better as the show goes on, but it is a weakness of his character that it, you're exactly right. He doesn't bring enough beyond... Yeah, I enough think his that persona, which is, you know pretty much the persona of his stand-up career, is great for 20 minutes, half an hour, 50 minutes of stand-up. That character through such, particularly towards the end, emotional journey, growing up, relationships, all this stuff, that character is just so not present, not connecting with people and fucking mean <laughs> and mean-spirited yeah. and to see for like someone like that and he he doesn't see other people's emotions he just sees his experience of other people's emotions and like what that how uncomfortable that is making him um and that's uh, that bothers me a lot and I don't like the character and but I but I can't help but think that maybe I would have had a, an opportunity to connect if it was performed differently. If there was a, a, a different actor, if there, if there was a bit of nuance there, if there was like if I saw a glimmer of humanity, maybe. Yeah. 
No, I, I think we've talked about this in the previous episodes as well, the previous podcasts as well, that, Josh, a lot of the people in this show are very unlikable. They're not really likable people. Have we talked about well, how... Well, that's the thing. I don't think they need to be likable. I just need uh, to understand the, some sort of process of why you're not likable. There needs to be some... Yeah, that's the thing. You need to have a deeper understanding of why they're not likable. It's mm. There are a lot of shows where the cast are a bunch of assholes. I think Community, which I you know bring up every <laughs> single episode... Of the podcast is What's a good example community? of that. <laughs> um, but they, they, you get to know them and you get to know their vulnerabilities. You get to know and like them for that reason. It helps you connect to them. That's the thing. I mean, you can have a show that's just about assholes and I don't need to see that internal life. But that's a very different show. That show is Seinfeld. That or is not a show. Always, always Sunny. sunny. Yeah, like or yeah. I fucking love Always Sunny. Um, but yeah, that's not this show. This show is apparently about real people. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Did you know that um, Tom had to audition for the role of Tom? Did he? Yeah. Didn't he help write it? Yeah. What? Yeah, they made him audition still. Um, and oh. they couldn't figure out, they couldn't find anybody. But apparently Josh kept saying to Tom, we just can't find anyone that embodies just you and your shit. So it's going to have to be you. <laughs> so it's going to have to be you. <laughs> All right. Let, anything else? Any other things you want to guys want to bring up particularly? No. Cool. Going to move on. Favorite and least favorite episodes of this season. Liam, let's start with you. Favorite, favorite episode. Favorite. Well, we've already said my least favorite episode was episode. Let's just go favorite first. Um, We're going to come back to that. <laughs> uh, favorite episode, Degustation. Yep. Why? It's just perfect. Perfect. Whoa. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of television. Of just television in general. I think it's... Again, with Ozymandias from uh, Breaking Bad. Which one's... Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Because That's I think... That's massive. Because it's it's gone to a point, right? These characters, right? You've, mm. got the, you've, you've seen their relationship, right? Dad and mum are playing their roles perfectly. Yep. Josh is, again, doing, I think, the, some of the best. He's in a scene with Deborah Lawrence and... The guy that plays Alan. Yeah. Back from play school. Um, <laughs> and so he's in the this scene with the two best actors on the show, right? Yep. And then you've so he's lifted him his performance. The David, writing, David Roberts, by the way. David Roberts. Uh his the performance is great, the writing's incredible. What that whole episode means and what is revealed and what is what happens in the episode, what that means for the next episode, right? And, and the rest of the show yep. is just I think it was perfect. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say it's one of the best episodes of television I've ever watched, but I think it is possibly the best episode of the show. Definitely. I'm trying to think what we've talked about in the past as being our favorite episodes. There was the one where they're camping. What was our favorite episode from season three? Do you remember? Um, I think it's another bottle episode type one. Uh, it's it's the Adele episode, isn't it? Isn't it the chicken episode? Oh, I think it was the Adele episode. You're right. So, it wasn't really. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, this is another case of me loving a bottle episode. You put three characters and just three characters in one situation and it's a really interesting concept. The f- show has always had this, not obsession, but it's got this focus on food. So, it's a really interesting idea to make an episode that's just based around them eating. Mm-hmm. There are 15 courses and as far as I can tell without counting, there are 15 little conversations yep. that take place between Josh and Rose and Alan and as I agree with you on everything you said about it being it's one of the best written episodes, it's one of the best performed episodes, and it means a hell of a lot for setting the stage for... I mean, it really is the beginning of the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love that episode. I remember watching that episode and for the first time and going, that was just a home run. Yeah. 
just as soon as it ended I just clapped I think <laughs> and it's one of the best performances from Josh Thomas because as you said he's with two other excellent actors and they just naturally bring more out of him 100% agree Imagine how fun that episode would be in the film too that yeah that wow oh, that you know that would be actually I was thinking that watching it anything with food sucks to film because you've got to make sure continuity is such a bitch. I was watching that, and I'm pretty sure that they had three cameras going at all times. Oh, is that what they were doing? That the was way smart. that The way that it was shot. Do you think they rehearsed each scene and then shot it once they had it feeling yeah, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Because like, the way it was shot and where everyone was situated, where they were sitting... You could make that work. You could, I could definitely make that work. Mm. What about you, Damask? Favourite episode? Um, I think if I... Mm. Yeah, in hindsight... Degustation. Yep. Um, but I think actually the is it the second last one, yeah, where Rose dies. Um is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um just because that's <laughs> that's because like that, that's what I've wanted the whole time. Not not for Rose oh. to die, but for um some emotional notes in the show to balance out all that hard humour. And that's what I wanted and it yeah. It hit me really hard and it made me, it endeared the characters to me um, and that's what I had been looking for. So, for me, I'm going to go with that one. But I think if, and I think because of those last three episodes, I'm much more inclined to re-watch this show again. Really? Yeah. Wow, um, that's th- a huge deal. Yeah, yeah and I think when I do that, um, I'll have a very different opinion of Digger Station and also the, like the first half of this season, but particularly that episode. Um, yeah, so that, that I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Um, all right, least favourite episodes of the season, starting with me. I'm going to go first. My least favourite episode is Porridge, which is the second episode. It's one where they go camping for Hannah's birthday. And I think it is the show actually doing falling for some of its worst sins all at the same time. You've got a bunch of really twee dialogue a lot of the time. Everyone, there's the bit where they're like, let's all play a game. Let's all compliment Hannah. And then Hannah can whatever, say her thing back. And it's just, it just doesn't feel right. Everyone, it feels phony and staged and written and contrived and awful. Everyone is just shit because everyone is shit. <laughs> um, they all forget basic things like bringing fucking tents and food and shit. And like, I don't know. I just... They're all awful, and everyone's being awful. The stuff between Josh and Arnold, I do like a lot yeah, of it. I yeah. think like that's if I mean that's the centerpiece of this episode, and that stuff's good. You can see, watch them just realize that they're not really meant. They shouldn't be together anymore. Um, and the harsh reality of the actual breakup, and that moment where Josh says it because it's just he needs to say it finally, but it's the worst possible time. I wonder. How much the weather affects that episode, though. You know what? I think the weather is shit. It's the first time they actually have actual rain in the yeah, show. Say, yeah, yeah, and I'll say that too, so yeah. <laughs> I'll just think about that. It's like, yeah, how do they do the weather It's here? some real fucking rain. And I actually think the performances are affected by it because they were freezing and miserable and wanted to get over <laughs> and done with. And I honestly think that's part of it. So I agree with you. This is my least favorite episode. Yep. Um, for all those reasons. <clears throat> But one one thing I did like about it was, yeah, they're all being shit people, right? Yeah. And then they've all get a sort of a reality check when they have when they go and look at the dead body, and they come back and they're like, "Why did we do that?" It's like this these I, type of these people. I I hate that. Scene. I mean, I hate I hate the whole idea. 
Yeah. But it's it was actually okay to see them go, wait, maybe we shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. Once again, I think uh, Hannah saved that scene when she's like, well, at least the guy still had a face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, totally oh, saved it. Yeah. 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 face, yeah. yeah. No, that is excellent. Or like just the bit where she throws her can at Arnold of the uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I don't... I don't like being around people. Why would you surprise me with not being alone? Just like... How do you think that's a good birthday present? Yeah, how do you think that's a good birthday present? Yeah, stuff like that is... Hannah is great in that episode. Just the idea of that stupid treasure hunt. I'm like, oh, that's so... Again, it's so twee. It's it's like... It's it's the worst. It's, It's on the level of Tom's stupid cardboard city bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, boo. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Damask? Least favorite episode? Least favorite is, um, I think it's the third episode and it's the one where Josh is going on all the dates and, you know, he and Arnold have just broken up and I'm like, why? Beluga caviar. Beluga caviar. I'm sorry. What is, what, what is this? I don't care about anything that's happening. Nothing is particularly funny. Nothing is great. I feel like we've taken like 17 steps backwards to season one. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like it. It's an episode where you're like, could we have just maybe taken the the focus off Josh yeah. a little bit and maybe looked a little bit more at maybe Tom and Ella actually mm. considering we've got to get to a place with them a little bit more. Or yeah, I just, it just felt like a waste of time. and Before we get to the yeah. actual ending kicking in. I think that's fair. It's, it's actually the episode I have the least notes on, which I think says a lot about the lack of impact it has mm. on me. Yeah. Which is a shame when there's six episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, One for me, like, is a nothing episode. I can't say porridge just because. Um, Do you love I, Keegan Joyce's? Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's good. Yeah, so yeah, you quite is it his performance? Is it particularly that bit after Josh breaks up with him? He's yelling in the rain. Do you particularly like that part as with Arnold's? I mean, I I love the conversation he's having with Ella. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I just love the way he plays Arnold, <laughs> um, and yeah, and yeah, the the moment, yeah, in the tent when while Josh is breaking up with him, um, uh, yeah, after obviously afterwards when he's in the rain. Um, have you seen anything else that Keegan Joyce has done? No, I no. don't think I have. It's really interesting because in the two other things I know he's done, one of them was he was in Once the Musical. So oh, in, in I've actually seen once. But he oh played. my god, I've I've seen that play about five hundred times because of my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's in that. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and then the other thing was he was in Rake, and he plays a very different character. He plays a like a a nerdy but really confident nerdy son of a lawyer. Oh, interesting. Right. And very different characters. So and it shows his range a lot. It shows how good of an actor Keegan Joyce is. Cool. Like, hats off to him. Oh, yeah. What's the explanation on... Are they just all mean assholes that they make fun of of Arnold singing? I yeah. understand. Yeah, they're assholes. They're just assholes, right? He's not... Absolutely. Yeah, it's like sappy and stupid and weird to be singing. But that camping. Like There's a lot of people do when they're camping. And like, why can't you just get drunk songs? and have fun and sing a song? Like, why can't you do that? Yeah, yeah the season bef- before this... Uh, they were encouraging His the singing. singing was really important, yeah. I mean, I guess that maybe says a little bit about how their feelings towards Arnold, particularly Josh's feelings towards Arnold, have changed over time, but mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I'm going to hit you with some... They're not big questions or anything like that, but I just Uh-oh. sort of want to... If you can come up with some answers to these questions, great. If not, you know, we'll move on. 
thoughts on the show as a whole, good and bad? Do you have any particular takeaways, things that were really great about it that you just want to reaffirm that we've already talked about, things that you really want to talk about that were its weaknesses, um, any highlights of the show, either characters or moments or details or lowlights as well along the way? Now, that's a big question. I'll, I'll start just to get it going. I really appreciate the show for what it's trying to do more than its execution sometimes. I think that's the thing I've always responded to. It's a pretty cool show, particularly coming out of Australia, in terms of... Uh, yep, I, I know, the Australian TV thing came up again. <laughs> but as someone who's Australian and, and you know and wants to be making TV as well, it was a show that I was jealous of when I first started seeing it. To see it telling stories about people my age that was... I know for Damascus, obviously, it doesn't feel like it connects, she connects to as much as maybe I feel like it represents... I don't know, my own life in certain ways. I don't think it's one for one, but I think there's things, especially in Tom. I know you say Tom does nothing for you. I could I see- not believe you said that. To- I was thinking I was watching, I was maybe like through getting through season two and you and I said I hated Tom. And you're like, oh, I really identify with him. I'm I like, do. He's a I, monster. Yeah, but I, I identify with him as a monster. I, I identify the decisions he makes and experiences that he has. Yeah, I um, He's so disgusting. I mean, I'm disappointed in oh, both of you. Oh, I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I, I say that out of yeah. Dis- I'm not proud exactly. of the fact. No, it's just I do identify with it's that the truth that person. The but like I, I, but he is so weak and yeah. not and but yeah. neither of you are like that though. No, the, but we but, we have had moments like that. We 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 have been capable. You don't know me, Damascus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when people tell me that they identify with characters on girls. I'm like. You're not anything like those girls and girls. But who tells you that? Friends of mine. Give, well, give me a name. I'm not going to do it on there. <laughs> I, I identify with characters and girls. I'll tell you after the. But like people will say that and say, like, oh yeah, no, I feel like there's a bit of Hannah in me there, or I identify with Hannah in that way and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I would not have known that. But then again, I'm not living their lives. I have a particular relationship with them, and I see them from a particular point of view. Um, so no, I, I I identify with Tom a little bit, and okay, so that helps, right? Is that so? What we kind of get to is I appreciate that. It was a show that felt familiar to me in a lot of ways I liked. Um, it was telling stories about homosexuality and mental illness and all these other things that I think are awesome. Um, Claire's bit <laughs> in season three. Broad thinks both homosexuality and mental illness are awesome. No, I think telling stories about those things are awesome and telling them in a way oh, that and is... And if you're homosexual and have a mental illness... That's not... That's why he's you. friends with me. <laughs> this is why Alan's my favourite character. No, in <laughs> terms of just the way it doesn't turn away from those things at all, it, like... Yeah, no, I it agree. still impresses me the way they portray like sex in season four, for instance, and it just isn't turning away for a second. Or mental illness when it comes to what Hannah is doing to herself. Um, or yeah, that I think that's really, really, really cool. Or the bit in season three, possibly the highlight of season three is Claire's storyline with her having the abortion. Mm. Highlight. Inverted commas in terms of just like a high point in the storytelling, not because it's gr- great. The Claire loves yeah. abortion. Fraud <laughs> loves abortion. Unplanned uh, pregnancies. <laughs> yes, Fraud. Woohoo! <laughs> Baby killing is the best. Oh, Whoa. No, too Whoa. far. Too far. <laughs> there's, a, there's a sound bite if I've ever heard one. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, the, I, I agree with you. But all that stuff I think is really great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Not about the baby killing. <laughs> about the storytelling, right? I got that stuff. I think that it is se- second time through the rose tinted glasses are off a little bit. And as much as I still appreciate the show and love the show in a lot of ways, its weaknesses became more apparent. I agree with 
your criticisms more. I'm not pointing to Damask. Pointing to Damask, not to the same degree as you, obviously, but I definitely understand your point of view on the show, especially in terms of the characters being hard to identify with or connect to. Um, but all that being said, as an experiment, it's one that I, I not only respect by like. I'm, I, I just, I hope more people see this show. I think more people should see. Please like me, particularly if you're Australian. I. I appreciate Actually, particularly if you're international as well, you should see what Australia can get up to. Sorry, Liam. So, just particularly if you're a person. Just if you're a human being. If you're human, please watch this show. Especially if you're homosexual with mental illness and might have an unplanned pregnancy. This is why we (laughs) hate Rod and want to punch him in the face. Um, Anyway. Yes, go on, Liam. I appreciate that this is a show about my generation Mm -hmm. where they're not constantly taking drugs and... And making terrible decisions like that, you know? Sure. Right? This where it's not, not it's not burnouts. It's, it's not burnouts. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a show about my generation where everyone's a fucking drug addict and yeah, yeah getting I mean I'm playing pregnancies. <laughs> and uh but yeah, like it's, but it's not, not in skins. the same way. It's not skins, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. It's it's it feels like a much more it's closer to my life than I've only seen any other show. It's not as hyper real as those exactly, shows can yeah, be. Yeah, that's not, a really good way of putting it. It's not yeah, drama, drama, drama. There's actually some regular day life happening in this show. Which can be a detriment to the show sometimes because the show can feel like it's like slow or dragging sure. or whatever. But I agree with you. It's It feels more reflective of real life. And, it's and maybe that's because right. it's an Australian... It's Australian. I know, but like... It maybe- should, we just take, it's no longer a dirty word. You're right. It, because it is Australian. It's Australian. And the, it, it shows the life that I... I very accustomed to this. You this, identify with this. It. Identify with this life very much, as opposed to something like Skins, where I'm watching that going. I don't. Maybe that is a big part of. I don't. I'm not from the UK at all. Maybe that is a big part of that mm-hmm. generation. The drugs and the raving and the partying and stuff. But that the wasn't your. And that was partying. No, it's getting on my but lawn. That, that Get off my lawn, these kids. <laughs> that wasn't your life. No, it wasn't my life. It wasn't mine either. Which I think is why. Please like me in a lot of ways. Yeah, it seemed more like my life. I remember watching Skinzo as a kid and go, as, a, as a teenager going, this is such a good show, man. And Skins is a good show. I was going to say, the I first think two seasons are, are great. Show. Yeah. It just gets yeah, worse are. as it goes. But that's not the show I we're watching. Have a, I love three and four, personally. Three and four, you, well, no, I, like, I love three. I love three. I like really like the ending of four, I think. No, you don't. Wait, is that in four? You must is that be with remembering Freddy? that. Yeah, you don't like that. I'm telling you, you don't like that. I've only so seen you hear, season three. You heard three. it first. You've only seen season three. I've only seen season. You've never three. seen season one or two. No, nope. this last episode of season one is one of my favorite. Episodes. Oh my god! Add it, it will to the list, guys. You. you can make it a recommend. Ooh, I'm pretty baby, sure it is on the list. Baby, it's a, yeah, anyway, um, anyway, anyway, yeah. So that's uh, it's a very good. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is that cool. it's 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 it does something. That I've never, I haven't seen any other show do. I think it's what I was trying to explain um, in our first podcast, right? When we talk about why I think this show is so good, mm-hmm. right? Is that yeah, it's it encapsulates a very similar experience to that I'm I'm used to, you know. That, yeah, we've yeah. talked about this before. You identify with it. It's something that you is familiar to you, whether it's where it's based or the people that are in it. And the situations they're in, it feels familiar. Just a generation, I think. Damask. Uh, what about you? Is there anything you, any takeaways about the season as a whole, good or bad, that you want to express before we move on and finish this podcast today? Well, I mean, I think it's a huge testament to the season that I am maybe considering rewatching 
please like me. Yeah, I think that's massive. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> it's not, done its job. I was, I, I wanted, I really hoped. I, I, that's why I really wanted you on this episode because knowing that you got halfway through season three and didn't mm. make the end, and knowing how it ends and how strong the mm-hmm. end, the, the, where this show ends up is, mm. I was like, I, got, I just got to get you to the end of it and see what you yeah. think of that. I didn't think it would make you want to rewatch the whole season. I mean, sh- I'm not that. going to because I don't have time to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, we don't. What Actually, we do. Before, can I ask you a question about season end of season three? Mm-hmm. The Christmas episode, mm. our biggest problems with that were that it didn't feel like it fit with the show. Like It felt like it was a Christmas special that shouldn't have been the last episode of that season. Well, that was my opinion, at least. Oh, no, I, I agreed with that, yeah. And it's like, did you feel like that, how did we get to this point? Why is, where was the build up to this episode? Did, what did you like? What do you think of that episode in general? I think is the yeah. question I want to. Well, I I didn't have that reaction of like, oh, this shouldn't be the finale. E- the finale because I literally watched the last I think two episodes of season three and then immediately started watching season four because right. I just like because mm-hmm. I just wanted to know what had happened in the last bit of season three before I started season yeah. four. Okay, yeah. Um, so I didn't have that feeling. And also because I hadn't watched the first half of season three, I didn't really think about whether or not there was a build up. Not, not in that. a while, yeah. Um, yeah, not in a long, a long while. So, yeah, I did. But just watching that episode, I liked it. But there was a point where I was like, I know Josh and Tom have like this bantery thing and this kind of mean bullying sense of humor but the way that tom went in on arnold i was like uh, what tom is, is a that? fucking prick this i was like, we said this as well he is mm. so he, mean so mean and, and looks like he's hu- enjoying it and too. humiliating this yeah. poor boy and i was just like what is, i don't ever remember that being a trait of his to be that awful everyone is un uh, it's hard to understand how everyone can be so um, socially inept in that moment. How, how no one in sitting in that room could just be like, "All right, that's enough." Okay. Like that's yeah, this is uncomfortable now. The only person that gets close to that is May. Is May. <laughs> yeah, because she's the most disconnected from the whole episode, from yeah. the whole thing. Um, but I 100 percent agree with you. It just, I I think it's like I understand these people are often horrible people. I don't get the feeling everyone could be that horrible, even on Christmas Day, which I know for a lot of families is mm. sort of hell on earth, apparently. But that well, just felt oh, yeah. Felt because so I remember one awful. bit that I I can't I it must I'm not sure if it's the beginning of season three or where it is, but when. Josh first meets Arnold and they're playing table tennis and he makes that no, joke. They're, play, they're playing beer pong. It's, beer yeah, pong, it's early in season two. Yeah, and he makes a joke about um, being Arnold being adopted and everyone's like, whoa, 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 and he's like, no, 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 it's a joke and like he's clearly in on the joke and Josh having that perception of like where a joke is and where like maybe the audience is and like... Yeah, and, he and, is and who, more aware than yeah, anybody else is. He's really yeah. aware of like that's what is point. the line. And in that scene, no one is aware that that's not what what's happening isn't funny. And someone is being hurt and no one's doing anything. And it's very odd. Like no one has any kind of um, yeah, p- true perception of what's going on. And no one has to, no one. Yeah, 100% agree. No one answers for that either. It's just at no. no point does anyone suffer for that. The only person that suffers for that is Arnold, who ends up leaving the party. Who ends up spitting on food. It's so oh, weird. It's just, it's it's a weird it's just, episode. Yeah, he's humiliated and then he tries to get out of it by like upping the stakes and then he's just like more embarrassed and it's just awful. It's so awful. Good. I'm glad you agreed. All right. 
Yes, it should have been a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do scores then. Final score on season four of Please Like Me. Liam. I've been thinking about this. Yeah, me too. A lot. And knowing where I put the rest of the seasons. Yes. And how much I don't like the first three episodes, but how much I love the last yes. three episodes. It's a four. It's a four? Uh-huh. Right. So, Liam and I have given a four to every season so far. <laughs> Bro, what's yours? 3.5. Whoa. Yeah. No, I, was, I, I was really thinking about this, right? I was, I've been agonizing over this since I just I haven't had it. that much emotional reaction to I each season totally at all. I totally agree with you. If you could just take those last three episodes, I'd give them a five, though. Absolutely. Like, if those last three episodes were just it, I'd be like, five. That's easy. But the first three episodes... Fail so miserably in a lot of ways. Yeah, like there are two. You know what I mean. So oh, I gotta so... pull this back somewhere in okay. between there, and it sucks that this means that the fourth season has to be is going to rank worst. the lowest. Yeah, but it when it has the best episode of the season. season so. This is our job on this podcast is to assess them as a season of television as a whole. Mm. It is absolutely a tale of two halves, um, and put those two halves together, and that you end up with a. Average score. Yeah, see, I didn't see them as a two. I saw them as a three. Nah, um, those first two episodes are not great. What about you, Damas? What did you give this season out of five stars? I'd actually give it a three and a half as well. Yeah. Um, just, I mean... Which is the, up for you, though. Like, that, that'd be our highest yeah, score. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's much higher than the other seasons. Um, yeah, for all the reasons that I previously stated, it's, yeah, I get to see... Some emotion from certain characters that have apparently been dead inside the whole time. Um, I I cry. I connect. Um, Hannah Gatsby makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a three and a half. Whereas most of the other seasons would have been like a two or maybe a three. Yeah. So ranking wise for me, this means from best to worst season. I've gone season three, season one, season two, season four. That's so interesting because you were not convinced that season three was going to be your favorite season. No, I really wasn't. But there is, again, you know what it comes down to? You know what would have made this season better that season three has that this season doesn't have? Caitlin Stacey. It's simply Caitlin Stacey. A a little bit more of her in those first three episodes would have probably got this to a four and maybe the best season of the show. It's just missing... That character, she is an integral part of the show, uh-huh. and every time she's not there, the show suffers for it. And that's what season three has. The best Caitlin Stacy stuff of the entire show is in season three. What would, do you have what my rankings were? I do not. I'm sorry. I think I agreed with you on those first three. I so think it was so as well. season three, three then one, one then two. two. So where would you put this in there, do you think? Knowing that they are all a four. <laughs> Knowing that they're all four, I have to put... I think I went, th- so it was three and one, I think, were equal first, weren't they? Oh, I think they were, you're correct, yeah. So this will be, uh, this is just, this will probably go three and one. Yep. Four and two. Yep, okay, fair. Because of those last three episodes. And I know it's... it's No, no, no. A, st- a strong it's ending the, it's is the, important. It's the emotional, cl- like there's so many shows that fail on that. On fail on having a good ending yeah. to a show. And... And I've talked about this before, how I, some for some reason, go and make myself sad and watch the last episodes of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, yeah. I, you know, I understand that impulse because when you watch the end of a show, it kind of brings up the emotions of everything that came before it. Like mm. it's always a reflection back on where the entire show has been and, and gotten to. 
So I understand why you go there. It's really easy to go there and just feel the entire show at once. Um, yeah, that's probably it. So I understand why why that's important to you. And, and endings, I was. Oh, it's really interesting. I was listening to something the other day and just how much endings shape a story. Like they really do matter. And it's it it, it seems you have to um, weigh them. Yeah, they, they they weigh down the scale more than any other part of the, of the entire series is the ending. It, it can make or break stories. And sometimes you've got to be able to put that aside and go, yeah, the ending was okay, but everything before it was so good. I've got to look at this wholly. But an end, like, it can totally reshape and reframe an entire thing. I think it also has a lot to do with one of my favorite TV shows didn't get an ending. Firefly. Well, it did. It got Serenity. It got Serenity, but the show itself didn't get it. Yeah. Right? So... Me being able to go, okay, these other shows have endings. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can watch these. Mm. And like knowing that really Serenity was the thing. Yeah, but- after what happened with Firefly, it's almost like you're being spoiled when you get an ending <laughs> yeah, to, the show. to the show. You're like, thank you. Conclusion. The show gets to finish. So your final score for the entire series is four. Mine's What? About- no, it's like a three. <laughs> <laughs> it's four. Mine's about a 3.9, I think it ends up being. Uh, not that you can do the math, but if you just on the top of your head had to think about the, the way you think about the entire show, could you give it a score out of five, the entire run? Probably a three, I think. About a three? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And so thinking if this season hadn't been there with that 3.5, it's probably closer to a two and a half. Sort of yeah, thing. probably. Yeah, interesting. Cool. That makes about sense for you. Awesome. Cool. All Dead right. Inside. Wow. Okay. I Guys, think that's it. Um, there's something very important that needs to be resolved today. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, well, let's we get can't. to that. Let's get to that in just a second. Let's try. All right. Let's hope you forget. Oh no! <laughs> All right. So, thank you, of course, for listening to Hunting Seasons. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting's Cast or Hunting S Cast. You can email us at HuntingSeasonsPodcast at gmail dot com. You can find me on Twitter at B Gordes B G O R D E S Damask. That's so weird because you pointed at Liam when I, you said that. Sorry. <laughs> Just uh, a guess. What are you talking about? You, <laughs> you can find me at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Liam, where can they find you? You can find me at Liam Gordes, L-I-A-M-G-O-R-D-E-S. Is, and I was going to say, yep. And I've started my own podcast because I love this so much. Boo. It's called, uh, It's called. you want to be on it, Damask. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, bro, not invited. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to cut Liam's audio right here. <laughs> It's called Catching Up with Matt and Liam, where I make my housemate watch movies that he's never seen. And when I say movies he's never seen, I mean every film. He's never seen a film. So, our first episode... That's because he's blind. It's a pretty insensitive podcast, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that is, wow. Well, it's, we did a podcast because it's for him, so it's audio only, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, our first episode um, in the time of this recording has just been released. So, it's called... It's Die Hard, episode one. We're doing Die Hard. Which is an amazing film. I thought that was a great choice for your first one. Well, it's, it's just like, universally loved, right? That's the thing, right? It's like, why have you not seen it's Die like, Hard? I've never seen it. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to start a new, another <laughs> podcast called Catching Up with Damask and Liam, where we make Damask watch the movies. <laughs> that Matt has just watched. <laughs> Matt has just watched. And Matt watches, Matt's on the podcast with me. He has opinions. Um, and then, yeah. And then we make you listen to the podcast that we want. Yeah, <laughs> record it first. The, the other one I would have chosen if it wasn't Die Hard would have been Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, he's or seen Jurassic Park. Back to the Future. He's re- he has not seen Back to the Future. Oh, that, would, that would be, that would be that's like, like three. That's like the special episode because of how obsessed I am with Back to the Future. True. Um, next episode will be Big Lebowski. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Also never seen it, but yeah. 
Right. I've got two episodes of the bank already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank Sean Kirkpatrick for designing our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net or by following him on Instagram at Draws. And thank you also to Jordan Calavis for writing and performing our fantastic Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at www.soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. That's classic J-R-E-X. Please, please, the excitement please. in front of I'm so excited about what happens next. Um, so, I always want to put out a plea as always. If you could please review us on iTunes, that would be wonderful. Some people like to make promises that they will do it. Here's the thing. I now feel, <laughs> feel like you're ganging up on these people for not reviewing your... Because it's very easy to forget about it. And uh, it's very easy not to do it. Um, I think... So, what you've learned... Here, I'm taking the- one for the team. <laughs> Liam has learned the lesson. You know how many times I thought about this this week as well? I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, I've got to do that. Just, oh, just, just do gotta, it. What I'm do you think do about that. it? I'm going to do that. And then I you forget about it. And then we sit down thing. here and we're like, oh yeah, I wonder how many people have rated, reviewed us since then. If you've forgotten, Liam promised he would rate and review us before recording today. This is genuinely a mistake. Like, <laughs> as set up as this could be, as fake as this could be, this is not. No, he's so he, upset. The, the best thing was, I'd forgotten, but Liam reminded me. He well, obviously you know, wants to be heard. I, I have a, I, I live by my word. If you don't have a, if if, if a man doesn't have bet? a code of conduct, then I get what to. Do you have? What was the bet? I get to slap you on the face. I think I said you get to slap me, but we'll, we'll say on the face. Okay. Live on air. Live on air. All right. Are you ready for this? I right. kind of want to film it. You're, well, grab a phone if you want and film it. Here All you right. Go. Okay. Well, I'm gonna aim gonna the microphone. Set, set that up. Here is the uh, video. Very good. Ignore that it's yellow. It's just because of the. Uh... Okay. Um, you're my brother, so just just. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> just not so hard. Oh. oh, ow! Not as bad as it could have been. That was kind of a pussy slap. Yeah, oh, let's do it again. Then. No, let's not do that again. <laughs> um, it's I, red I still. I backed out a little bit out of that one, to be honest. I'm a bit disappointed with myself. It was more about the anticipation that because I could felt I felt your hand come and then yeah, pull I, away. I went for three and then, and then, and then, <laughs> I knew it was coming. The third one, it stings. Oh, good. I won't lie, it stings. Well, you know what that should remind you of when it stings later. Review our freaking podcast. Nah, <laughs> got, I'm out of it now. I don't have to. <laughs> uh, excellent. That is it. Thank that you for it. listening to uh, this set of rambling that we did today. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I also conversed as well. So. You were part of it. You were just looking straight at me when you said that. Thank you for listening. All right, this is insanity. <laughs> we will see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.